Welcome to Sorry, We're Booked, a podcast where two friends talk about books they love, books they hate, and everything in between. My name is Dylan. And I am Samantha. So today, we are talking about one of my favorite things to talk about, which is... Oh, yes. Like, because there's so many. There's so many Mm -hmm. good ones. Popular tropes in literature. I... Also love talking about tropes because I think it's very interesting how niche tropes can get. I feel like mine are pretty niche. Um, there were some so niche that I wanted to talk about, but I couldn't find books to talk about because there's not <laughs> a lot. Um, but yeah. I also think it's very interesting to see um, why people like specific tropes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They can tell a lot about somebody. I can agree. I can agree. Things I feel like tropes in literature are a lot of times things that you really connect with. And I think that that will tell you a lot about a person, like what things do they connect with, you know? Yeah, So I completely agree. So before we get into the tropes, we're going to go through our normal questions. Uh, And right now we're going to talk about our recent reads and recent watches. Samantha? Um, So about that... (laughs) (laughs) she's been a busy gal lately (laughs) no for real though i i've watched literally zero things so i'll start off with that i have not watched a single fucking thing i'm not kidding well that's good because our deal was the next thing you have to watch is cats so at least you haven't watched anything (laughs) exactly so i i'm about to cuss I just went to go sign into Goodreads because I couldn't remember, like, the books that I've read recently. And Goodreads is like, ha-ha, reset your password, bitch. Like, why? Why is this happening to me right now? Anyway, but no, I absolutely have not. um, I have not watched anything. I've wanted to watch things, but I haven't. Um, I think I've finished a couple of things since our last episode, I think. So the first thing that I actually finished, I've only finished two books. Isn't that shocking? Because, you know, usually I am a reading machine. She still finished more than me. But anyway, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) This is very, very um, light for me, though, for real. Um, I ended up finishing Don't Look Back, which is by Ben Cheatham. Um, It was a NetGalley arc that I got via audiobook. And I love a haunted house story. Hint, hint on one of the things that I'm going to talk about today. But I love, I know, right? I love A Haunted House Story. And um, this one did not live up to any expectation that I had. It was very, it was a little bit too, I hesitate to say the word cliche, but it really was like a little bit too cliche for me. Mm -hmm. I did not care about the characters. Um, It's, you know, parents losing a child, um, you know, and you know there's a leftover kid i say a leftover kid that's what (laughs) a leftover kid oh my god they have two kids one of them dies so of course you know like the family is broken and they move into a house that's haunted but it's not what it seems and it was just like it just wasn't done well i didn't love it so yeah ended up giving that one two stars did not love um the other book that i finished was the marrow thieves by sheree dimeline what did you think? And I actually really liked it. It was, first of all, I listened to the audiobook, which I highly recommend. Um, it's narrated very, very well. And, uh, like, there's a lot of inclusion of, like, ambient sounds and that sort of thing, which I really love in an audiobook. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was 
I don't want to say interesting timing, but it was like good timing, especially in the last year with all of the things about residential schools. Right. Because that does center extremely heavily on the plot. It is a dystopia um, where uh, indigenous people are being hunted for some type of like illness that they supposedly have the cure for like in the marrow of their bones but it's a it's also like a coming of age story to a point um but there's some really really tense parts to it and the whole third act was just like excellent i loved it i know that there was a sequel that just came out this year i don't remember the title um Mm -hmm. but i definitely want to pick that up sooner versus later because it was really good is that going to be a trilogy or do you know I'm not 100% sure, actually. I want to say that it's just supposed to be a duology. Um, And I don't even know that it was originally supposed to be a duology. I think that it was supposed to be just a... Yes, and it very much reminded me of um, Moon of the Crusted Snow, Mm -hmm. which was so good. So good. Like, the tension in that book is fucking amazing um and this reminded me of that just on a slightly lower scale because this story is told from the perspective of a teenager it is more young adult than moon of the crested snow so it's not quite as um intense and it looks like this is just a duology there's just book one and book two i love a good duology so that makes me really happy yes but highly recommend definitely but those are the only two things that i have finished so tell me tell me what you've read i will have to pick that up soon i'm very excited to read that i've had it checked out from the library for a while but i do think i want to read the audiobook so Mm -hmm. so as far as what i've read and watched recently um, i did finish reminders of him by colleen hoover which i talked about in our last episode um yes i surprisingly liked it i gave it a four out of five um, mm. I thought in the end it was like a little too dragged on um, for a contemporary, but I actually did really enjoy it. Um, I think her more recent books have been dealt with more care than her ones have been, like her older books. Um, right. I think she had that book November 9 that like everyone oh, just like yeah, tore Oh yeah, everybody shreds. tore that book apart. Yes. I, mm-hmm. I think she kind of like learned from that experience or at least I hope so. Um, mm-hmm. Do I think it's more of like a performatory uh, allyship or um, progressiveness? Yes, but mm-hmm. um, the, her books are just fun to read and they're easy. I'm not really proud of reading it, but you know what? Yeah. It is what it is. Um, I didn't give her money for it, so that's all that I really care about. So right. I gave it four out of five. It was pretty good. Okay. And then I ended up watching three movies in a very popular fantasy series um which is also series what mm -hmm, which is also (laughs) problematic too harry potter (laughs) i watched the first oh my god no why did you do that so my boyfriend um he used to love harry potter he doesn't love it anymore jk rowling's kind of like ruined it for him but we kind of he kind of wanted to like illegally watch the new one coming out (laughs) um Uh, gotcha so i did needed to be caught up because i've never (laughs) seen any of the harry potter movies um so i watched the first three that's as far as i've gotten 
those movies are long as all hell. It's like yeah, they are two and a half hours long. I gave the first one three stars, the second one I think three and a half, and the third one three and a half. So not my fave, but I don't know if anyone expected them to be a fave for me. Um, no, not even a little bit. Have you watched Harry Potter? I have, I've read the entire book series multiple times as a young adult because I was growing up as they were coming out. I remember the release of the fifth, sixth, and seventh one. Um, but I've only seen the films up to film five. I've never seen six or um, part one and two of Deathly Hallows. Yeah. I've heard they get better like in the last half because they're like darker or whatever, which I. Yeah, they are. I have liked it as it's gotten darker, but um, it's not going to be a favorite for me. I'm watching them mostly just to support my boyfriend. So um, yeah. we'll see. Maybe next time, next episode, I'll have I'll have an update for the rest of them. But all right, Sam, uh, what are you reading right now? Are you reading anything cool? Actually, yes. I am listening to the audiobook. I, the Hold came in from the library. Um, I've been waiting on this one for a hot minute and it is fuck what's the author's name <laughs> oh, shit i'm the worst i there's two books and they're very very similar let me just explain to you why i just had like a fucking brain fart so i have the book dead space by um callie wallace and mm-hmm. it's kind of like i confuse these three books dead space the luminous dead and dead silence because all three of them are like space horror oh that's more confusing than it needs to be Uh, right exactly so like my brain i almost said dead space and i was like no it's not dead space dead space is also a video game by the way so uh dead silence by sa barnes which is a fairly new release there was a lot of hype around it whenever it released and i've been waiting on the audiobook like i put that bitch on hold before it even released like Mm -hmm. and it took a couple of months for me to finally get it but i got it and i am currently 71 percent of the way through it it is reminding me it was pitched as titanic meets ghost ship i remember like, you talking about this yeah yeah um like but in space and it is very like it is very much like that like i can see how it would kind of be titanic I wouldn't have compared it to Titanic. I would have compared it more to like Event Horizon, um, which if you haven't seen Event Horizon, and I know that you don't like do horror like that, but Event Horizon is so good. I think this is one you told me to add to my letterbox. Yes. I believe so. Yes. It has Sam Neill and yes. Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm 71% of the way through and it doesn't have a lot or one of the elements that – um event horizon does and i don't know that it's going to go in that direction i don't think that it is but there's definitely a supernatural twist to it um but the plot of the book is basically there was this like space liner so to speak i guess um it was like the first of its kind and like all these rich people were on board and it just disappeared and there is this crew they're like way the fuck out there in space and they're like working on something i don't recall what because it's not important but they're working on something and they get a distress signal and they're like yo what the fuck is this and they go and find it and it's that ship that disappeared 15 fucking years ago um 
And so, of course, you know, they're like, let's board the ship. But everybody's dead. And, you know, they're trying to figure out, like, what happened. So, um, but there's a lot of suspense so far. Like I said, there's definitely a supernatural element. But then there's also, like, this whole mental health element that I'm not sure I'm vibing with. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just not sure that I like How it's some of the used. things that it has. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, it's it's grounded in like a PTSD experience. Um, but it's just like some of the verbiage that's like, oh my gosh, am I going crazy? Like, you know, like, and I understand like questioning yourself, mm -hmm. but it's just, I feel like it could have been handled like a little dif differently. I don't know. I'm I'm reserving judgment. Those are just like the vibes that I'm getting right now. But like I am enjoying it. Honestly, for me, whenever like um, mental health is used in, um, like using any horror story, I'm kind of a little apprehensive just because I've seen it not done well yes. so many times. But I mean, obviously, there are parts of it where it is done very well um, in in the horror genre. So um, I guess we'll just have to see like how it ends up being yeah because i mean sometimes like it's just like a really bad twist in the end or um just how it ends up happening can can make it right. either good or make it bad so what about you you what are you reading right now so um i am actually kind of just reading one thing and i have not read it in about a week so i'm doing great <laughs> okay. um, but my boyfriend me and my uh younger sibling went to go see waitress which is my favorite musical um, okay, nice. We got to go see that, um, I think, about, like, a week and a half ago. Was and that when you went to Chicago? You know what? This was actually when I went to Chicago. It was not for Waitress at all. You you really <laughs> got the <laughs> got it turn in for me. So the weekend after Waitress, yeah. we went to my favorite place of all time, Chicago. I love Chicago. Um, we were visiting a friend of mine. My boyfriend's never been there before. So it was a really exciting experience. Until my, um, I got a flat tire on the way, so that was oh, fun. fun. Um, thankfully, he was there to calm me down, or else I would have been a complete wreck. Um, yeah, and thankfully, I can understand that. my insurances have roadside assistance, so you yes. know we were we were helped. We were helped. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, on the way home, um, we were just sitting in the car. I'm like, I'm kind of bored. Like, I I'm not someone who can listen to music. I'm not a music person um so i need like a podcast audiobook or something to listen to or else i will go crazy um mm -hmm. it's like a five hour drive too so i just yeah. need something to stimulate my mind so i started a reread of hex hall this is by rachel hawkins i don't know mm -hmm. if you recognize this book whatsoever I do. um I do. i've never read it but i i would not expect you thing. to <laughs> <laughs> um this is um yes this is pretty nostalgic for me i read it probably back in 2013 or so so quite a long time ago um mm -hmm. it's basically about sophie who's this teenage witch and she is sent to hex hall which is like this um boarding school for um magical beings and it's just about like what happens while she's there so it's a very fun lighthearted, kind of like a really twisty book as well um it's a trilogy and there's like a spinoff so i am probably about like 30 percent into it 
Mm-hmm. And the audiobook is just like lots of fun. It's not like a good book or anything. It's just a fun read. So I'm currently reading Sometimes that. Sometimes you just need that, you know? Right. Like I just need something to like drive to. It wasn't. I don't know. We'll see. I just haven't had a, a lot of opportunity to read audiobooks recently. So um, maybe I'll try to pick up physically. I'm not sure. But yes, Hex Hall. I'm currently reading that. So we'll see how this nice. goes. All right. Uh, so Sam, do you have any mm-hmm. reading plans next? Any watch plans? Um. Well, I mean, we know what my watch plans are because yeah. mm-hmm. eventually I'll watch Cats Kill Me <laughs> right now. But are eventually, you, yes. Let me Let me ask. Are you putting off watching something because you don't want to watch cats or you just don't have time to watch something no literally like i've not had time to i swear <laughs> to god i have not had time like i yeah no the only i mean, thing, really uh, had me, time to read so <laughs> exactly like barely had time to read barely had time to watch anything the only thing that i've watched recently has been like aew and wwe mm-hmm. that's literally it because like that's an episodic thing that you know, like comes on on cable television. Um, that's the only thing that I, you know, have actually watched. But plan on watching. I what? Okay, it's Cats, Quiet Place One and Two, and what was the other one? The Final Girls. That yes, the Final Girls. That was it. So those. That's my watch plans. My reading plans. Let's see what I have on hold at the library because that's <laughs> this is fun. Um, I have seven audiobooks on hold at the library right now, okay, which mm-hmm. is fine. However, I'm gonna have to find something in between now and then because my closest one to being ready is not for 10 weeks. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and that's The Wolf in the Woodsman by Ava Reed. Mm-hmm. And then some other things. <laughs> this is really fun. So I placed Velvet Was the Night by Silvio Moreno Garcia. Mm-hmm. Um, which I've read several things by her so far and have loved everything that I've read. Like, she just has this... She had that really popular book last year, right? Mexican Gothic. Yes. Um, yeah. It, I loved that. Have you ever seen Crimson Peak? No. Oh, you need all. to watch it. It's so fucking good. It's so oh, fucking good. I, it has <laughs> um, it has Tom Hiddleston and the girl that was in the Alice in Wonderland remake. I don't know her name. Um. I don't know either, but I know who you're talking but about. But you know who I'm talking yeah. about, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like this gothic haunted house, like the costume design, because it's Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. And so, like, oh my god, it's so good. But those are the vibes that I got from the book Mexican Gothic. Um, and it was just, it was really good in general. Um, so I'm really looking forward to Velvet Was the Night, because that's not going to be like a gothic anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but she writes very like noir style um and i just really dig her whole atmosphere like she's so good um i've had that on hold since january 23rd i have had later by stephen king on hold since november 17th and it is still not there there are still i started 36 no excuse me i'm sorry i started 133rd in line there are six copies and I am still 36th in line. Isn't that like a shorter people. book too? Yes. Yes. So what's it the is. hold up? Listen, because people are like, I don't I don't know. I think if you're gonna get an audiobook, especially one that, that many people are waiting for, or an ebook or anything, read that shit fast, my dude. You read have to that shit fast. It. it also yes. might be it might also be the 
um, situation where like they finished it, but they haven't turned it in yet. That's the other thing that I hate. Like if I, if there is someone waiting in line for a book that I have out, as soon as I finish it, I return it. As soon as I finish it. I feel like Libby Overdrive, whatever the fuck, should have a automatic thing to when you finish it, it gets returned. Because I, like, I mean, unless, I don't think someone would want to like reread it as soon as they finish it. The only thing about that is that I have done this before where I have fallen asleep while I'm listening to an audiobook mm. and I've woken up and it's been at a hundred percent and then I have to scramble and figure out where the fuck like what was the last thing I remember. That's the only thing that I wouldn't like about that. Well, I retract that statement then. That does make sense. Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess you could say like it once you reach a hundred a hundred percent, like twenty four hours from that point, I don't know how it would you know what I say, I don't know how it would calculate it, mm. but like it, there has to be a way to calculate it. Like, the overdrive computers Libby are fucking gods smart. Who are obviously listening to our podcast? Let's exactly. fix this. Exactly. <laughs> um, I also have the Paris Apartment by Lucy Foley on hold, and the Magnolia Palace by Fiona Davis. And I've got a couple other things, but like those are those are the things that you know like struck my fancy but i'm sure figuring like after i finished dead silence i know that i have a couple credits for audio audio jesus christ i can't talk it's been a long ass day um i have a couple credits for audible and i know i have a couple of libro fm credits too so i'm just gonna have to figure out what i'm in the mood for and go from there when i have the time to do that and the brain power to do that because that's been my other problem i have no brain power no, I agree. I don't really have an excuse as much as you do, but um, same. <laughs> so that said, like, what it? What are your plans? Cause Girl, I got some. I'm, I see. I see books. I got some ambitious plans. Okay. Speaking okay. of books, okay, I have bookshelves now. Can we just talk about that? Uh, I just want to yes, talk about please. that real quick. Uh, I for the past like two years, um, because as you know, I lived in a very smaller room before. Yes where I'm at now. Um, and it, there was no room for bookshelves. If I wanted a bed, I'm just, <laughs> there was no room. <laughs> uh, but, uh, my boyfriend happens to be a reader as well. He's trying to get back into reading and we have been buying maybe a little bit too much books lately <laughs> and we needed somewhere to put them because I used to have like two little tiny shelves in my closet, which was just not cutting it. And so now yep. I'm going to show you. Obviously, they can't see, but um, I have some books now. Yes. Bitch, did we go to Ikea? No, we went to Walmart. Oh, okay. They look like Ikea. Um, Ikea dupes. This one right here is very, um, I don't know if you can tell, but it's leaning. She's a little crooked. That was the one I built. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, Why didn't my... you blame it on him? I, I should have. I just, you should Karma would have came for me. I just know it. Okay, fair point. Um, anyway, so I have a lot more room for books, which we will talk about my haul books in a second. As far as what I want to read next, um, I still want to read all of the Miss Marvel comics because the show comes out in like a month or so, and I have not read right. one of them. I kind of forgot, not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> I also... I'm really in the mood for Ace of Spades, which I talked about in our last episode. Um, I've heard great what, great things about that book. I'm very excited. She's a bit of a chonker, so I'm kind of nervous. Um, mm -hmm. But I do want to read this pretty soon. And then uh, I actually got one of my favorite books as a teenager. We'll see if it's 
any good these days. Um, but the whole series yeah. was on clearance at half price books, so I had to. The program. I don't know if you've heard of this. I don't think I've ever heard of that actually. So this is about um it's a post-apocalyptic world where suicide has become like an epidemic. And so they basically oh, no. um take out this part of your brain where like it doesn't want you to suicide. It's just you know, it's it's a weird concept. I don't remember how it does it mm. and hopefully tastefully. Um, I don't know. It just seemed kind of like something that'd be interesting to read now as I'm much older when I first read it. Um, right. And I remember really enjoying the series as just like a easy to read, like dystopian series. Mm-hmm. So I want to read that hopefully soon. And then lastly, uh, Jonathan Van Ness. I don't know if you know who that is. Um, yes, I do. You've seen Queer Eye, right? Yes. Uh Jonathan just released their new memoir called Love That Story. And I do have it in from the library. So I want to read that soon. Um, I read their first memoir, Over the Top, which talks about like trauma, talks about addiction, HIV, uh, mental health, like all these things. Um, And I really, that's one of my favorite memoirs. So um, Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to read their new memoir. So hopefully soon I can get to that. So that said, I know... I have nothing to haul. Nothing at all. Girl, do I have things to haul? Zero things. Show me. I love it. Show (laughs) Um, me, show um, me, show me. I'm only going to talk about three of them. Let me grab my third one, actually. I think it's something that you would be maybe interested to see that I got. So the first one is a... I have two Stephen King-related books here. Oh, my God. Yes. So first off, um, this is... These are both probably not things I would get if they were not on sale i think they're both at goodwill or something so they're cheap um right this one is sleeping beauties which i believe i think you read that one and you hated it so. i did um it okay i will say this um i appreciate when king writes with co-authors okay mm-hmm. like it's his son I, right yes it is um like a good example is whenever he wrote with peter straub Mm-hmm. Um, the Talisman and Black House. Black House is excellent. The Talisman is not. It's super fucking racist, unfortunately. But <laughs> anyway, co- like books that are co-written when they're done well, it's very seamless. Like you can't right. tell that there's two separate authors. And in that book, you can tell that there are two separate authors for sure. I think that it could have done with more editing. And I also like I liked the general idea, um, but I don't think like it's very like feminist power that sort of thing but also in today's world could definitely come across as transphobic when it was written well here's the thing when it was written i don't think that that was the intention Mm -hmm. but i think as you know time has gone on and we all have become more educated um, you know, in terms of things like gender, I would be interested to see what their thoughts are on that concept now, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. You know, especially since he's like King himself has spoken out against Rawling in particular. Yeah. You know, so that she's maybe, a shit. So, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever read it, honestly. I just enjoy, um, books that have to deal with sleep, like, just different. I don't know why. It just has always intrigued me. 
Um, it's kind of a like you're talking about how you love pandemic books too and this is definitely it is almost dystopian and like it's definitely a pandemic as well so it's definitely like those uh we talk about buzzwords a lot and that's definitely um a couple buzzwords that i i do really enjoy and i also just love a long book and it's pretty long so Mm -hmm. um i am cautiously interested slash excited for that one Mm -hmm. and then the other uh, Stephen King-related book I got was Horns. This is by Joe Hill, that hill bitch, that as hill we bitch. know him as. Yes. Um, I saw it at Goodwill, and I have never really been too interested in reading it, but um, it does sound interesting. I've been interested in the movie for a while, um, mm-hmm. so I just thought I would pick it up and see where it takes me. Have you read this one? I have read that one. I will say that it has been... So my first experience with Joe Hill's writing was Heart Shaped Box, which mm-hmm. whenever I read it the first time, I remember not liking it, if I recall correctly. The second time I read it, I actually like liked it a good deal. Horns, I don't honestly... Like, I remember the plot, but I don't remember how I felt when I was reading it. Mm-hmm. It's been one of those that I feel like I need to reread it's been on my like radar to reread for a while actually because I've heard a lot of people talking about it like more recently um especially as his work has become more popular because it's been adapted um you know Nosferatu has been adapted and um Lock and Key the Netflix series is you know his graphic novel series um so like yeah I've seen more people reading it it's definitely one i want to go back and reread yeah uh it just seems like kind of like a weird book too which i do enjoy so um i think i might also try the audiobook and see how i feel about that Um, i physically read that book all those years ago so mm -hmm. i i think if i was going to reread it i would also do the audiobook yeah i'm 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 kind of excited so we'll see how i feel about that and i'll watch the movie of course um, and then lastly, this is kind of like a random find. Um, I got the best of Beverly Cleary's box oh set. Oh my god, I love that. They had this for $2 at Half Price Books, so I had to get it. Um, it course. has four of her books. It has Henry and the Paper Route, which is, they're very vintage, you know. It, the covers are so vintage, you guys. And they're like actually really good quality, too. Um, they they've, do. They've been kept, like pretty well and henry in the clubhouse which seems kind of spooky <laughs> um we have henry huggins just simply mm-hmm. and then runaway ralph which i don't know what the fuck this is but it has oh a, my god it's so cute it's it a little a, mouse on a motor scooter yeah, and a helmet it's just originally this book was a dollar 75 retail price oh my so god wow i wish it was the same these days for sure what's the uh <laughs> publication year what is the table or what does the Let's copyright see. page say so this one was in 1970 oh my um, god let's just let's see here we have a 1970 we have a 1950 um we have a 1962 so these are all pretty old um wow and then we have a 1957 um and i didn't I, realize that those were that old mm-hmm. i read a few of them as a kid and i remember really enjoying yeah. them um and they did have that movie with like um joey king and selena gomez like years or the ramona and Beezus movie um, oh yeah which i 
remember enjoying i don't know but i there's a little inscription in one of these books it says cute kelly happy valentine's day from cutie that's adorable who's cutie and why is she donating it where what <laughs> those stories good that we question <laughs> i know i know so um after all of that uh sam lastly uh, do you have anything upcoming that you're excited about as far as far as books or movies? I am so far out of the like book internet right now. It is ridiculous. Every time I have opened Twitter, there's like a new discourse, and I'm like, "What is happening?" Like, I have, I have I been off of book Twitter on. for the same reason because I just I don't know what's happening. I don't want to be in it. I just stay out of it. I I never want to be involved, but I will like sit there and fall down a rabbit hole of tweets. Like, listen, oh, same. I don't want to be involved in the drama, but I want to watch it happen. <laughs> I got I to gotta at least know, know of it. <laughs> exactly. I want to know what's going on. Uh, Christina always says, if I want to know anything about book related like tea, I come to you because you always know what's going on. And it's true. Like most of the time I do know what's going on. Like I can tell you what's happening. But I have, like, I won't post about it or anything. Um, but honestly, a lot of the things that I've been seeing have been very much rooted in, like, <sighs> they're two very separate parts of the horror community, especially on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are, like, you know, there's one side. I guess it's like this with anything, really. Like, one side is very much, like, all about inclusivity and, you know, lifting up marginalized voices, especially in the genre of horror, because mm-hmm. horror has done a historically fucking terrible job at doing that. Um, and then Getting better, course, but not, not there oh, at all. Oh, absolutely. Like, we're definitely, we're, we're definitely getting better. We have a long, long, long way to go. But we've definitely, like, even really in just the last five years, like, we're definitely seeing, like, we're making some headway. Um, but then of course, you know, the flip side of that argument is, you know, like the shitheads that, you know, want to say, oh, like cancel culture. There was actually, um, a thing that happened. One of the last things that I was like fully invested in that I like Mm -hmm. dove down the rabbit hole about was there was a horror author who, it was the indie publisher and they released the cover and the synopsis of this author's book. Don't know the name, never heard of the author and the synopsis and the description of the book was very, like it was a dog whistle for like far right racist bullshit. Great. And everybody was like, what the actual fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Like everybody lost their shit. Well, allegedly, the author didn't know that the like cover or the synopsis had been released. It was not approved by the author. The publisher doubled down, like decided to double down on it and like on Facebook and was sending people over to Twitter to like, um, you know, like basically fight with people. One, the, uh, cover artist for that book is actually well known in the horror community he's a writer himself he had no fucking idea he'd never even seen the um synopsis for the book that he was working on and he was like oh shit (laughs) like so people were going after him even though like he had no idea he had not even been paid he had not even been paid and then do you know what the publisher did Hmm. shut the entire publishing house down 
As they should. The entire <laughs> fucking thing. But here's the th- like the thing that sucks is you sh- like rather than making an apology or like they were just like mm, nope we're done all of the rights to any of these people whose books are published with us revert back to them like so there are like publishers or not publishers sorry like tons of indie authors that are like i have nowhere for this book to go yeah it's like they thought they were so right that like there was no room for growth and that they were like well if you guys don't agree yes. with us we're just gonna shut down literally that's literally what it was it was really really gross to like watch it all happen and it was it was very enlightening um to see who was on what side of that mm-hmm. you know yeah. because everybody is like cancel culture cancel culture no 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 no. cancel culture does not exist you are 100 yes. yes. allowed to say whatever the fuck you want to say you are not free from the consequences of your words or your actions like point blank period and i've not seen a quote-unquote cancellation of a person that has actually ended up fully happening so absolutely i completely agree with you but i said that to say (laughs) i'm so far removed from the book community right now that i couldn't tell you any current tea that's happening and i couldn't tell you anything about any current releases or upcoming releases like i'm very out of the loop right now unfortunately but I know you always have something good. I don't have a book because I'm also not into the book community at the moment. I just have kind of like distanced myself a little bit. So I'm not really sure. Um, I'm not really sure of what's coming out soon. I've seen some recent announcements, but they're not coming out till like later this year. Um, right. Including Tiffany D. Jackson's Carrie retelling, which I'm very excited oh about. Oh my God. Oh my God. What did you just say to me? What did you just yeah. say? Tiffany D. Jackson has a Carrie retelling coming out later this year. And I, girl, you need to get into Tiffany D. D. Jackson. Okay. I, this- her books have been like on my radar for a minute. I don't know why I haven't. Let's look at the library. <laughs> right. So this is called The Weight of Blood. It comes out September 6th. It says, New York Times bestselling author Tiffany D. Jackson ramps up the horror and tackles America's history and legacy of racism in the suspenseful YA novel following a biracial teenager as her Georgia high school hosts its first integrated prom. When Springfield residents, at least the ones still alive, are questioned about what happened on prom night, they all have the same explanation. Maddie did it. An outcast at her small-town Georgia high school, Madison Washington has always been the teasing targets for bullies, and she's dealt with it because she has more pressing problems to manage. Until this, the morning, a surprise rainstorm reveals her most closely kept secret. Maddie is biracial. She's been passing for white her entire life at the behest of her fantastical white father, Thomas Washington. After a viral bullying video uh, pulls back the curtain on Springville High's racist roots, student leaders come up with a plan to change their image. Host the school's first integrated prom as a show of unity. The popular white class white class president uh, convinces her black superstar quarterback boyfriend to ask Maddie to be his date, leaving Maddie wondering if it's possible to have a normal life. But some of her classmates aren't done with her just yet, and what they don't know is that Maddie still has another secret, one that will cost them all their lives. Yep, that's definitely a very <laughs> retelling. Absolutely. And it sounds like it's like a really cool twist as well. So mm-hmm. um, I love like thrillers that are slightly fantastical, which may or may not be a trope we're going to be talking about later in this episode um mm-hmm. and so i'm very excited i've seen i've read carrie i've seen pretty much every um, adaptation of it so i am extremely excited for this one what's your favorite carrie adaptation 
I won't get canceled for this. Um, uh-huh. But for nostalgic sake, nostalgia unfortunately does win out frequently for me. Um, oh, I, I mean, I can relate. I do enjoy the Chloe Grace Mor- Moretz Carrie movie. I haven't seen that one. I heard that it was garbage, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, it is garbage. I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> it, it's bad, but I, we all know how much I love garbage. I'm like forky <laughs> from Toy Story 4. Um, I... <laughs> It's there's a lot of good performances. It has whatever that redhead lady is. She's in everything. I don't remember her name. Julianne. Julianne Moore. Yes, Julianne Moore. As she Judy. was in uh, Jurassic, one of the Jurassic Parks. Yes, and she's in the Hunger Games. She was in like so many things. And Judy Dench, yep. who I love from Jawbreaker. Oh, I love her. Yep. Oh, she's so good. Anyway, so I really do enjoy that. Which which one's your favorite? Do you like the original? Uh, yeah, I, that's the one that I've seen the most, Sissy Spacek. I mm-hmm. I loved Sissy Spacek in that, and then I loved her performance in Castle Rock on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Like, she fucking nailed it. She played a character. I loved it. I loved seeing her, like, back in the Stephen King film. Yeah. She played a character who – did you ever see that? No, I want to so bad. No? So it's – I'll clue you in. It's two separate seasons and each season, like they're connected and they're connected in like, you know, the Castle Rock, like, you know, Stephen King universe sort of way. And there's a lot of like nods and Easter eggs to a lot of his different work. But the first one is like a mashup of Shawshank Redemption and um, Needful Things and like a couple of other things. But one of Sissy Spacek played someone with Alzheimer's. And Mm -hmm. when I tell you there is an episode in that season that absolutely destroyed me. When I tell you I could not breathe, I cried so hard. I'm not joking. Like I am, I am the queen of exaggeration but mm-hmm. i am not kidding i'm like i'm sobbing while i'm watching this because it was one of those things where it was like is this really like how they feel with like losing time and mm-hmm. stuff like that like it was heartbreaking she did that role so fucking well it was amazing i love sissy space just in general but there i do want to watch it i just there's a few more of his works I want to read before I go I can into definitely it. understand that. And I would say for sure, um, I'm, I'm not going to say I made the mistake, but the second season is like, it ties back into the first season, mm-hmm. but it's, it is a separate story. Um, and in the second season that is grounded in Salem's lot mm-hmm. and misery. And I had not watched or read misery whenever I watched that season and I think I would have gotten a little bit more from it had I actually like read it at that point. And I've read it since then. Um, but that season was really, really good. And the girl who played Annie Wilkes, I don't know her name. She also fucking nailed it. And then they canceled it. So, But I love Misery. It's one of my favorite movies. I've never read the book. But um, mm-hmm. so it makes me happy that the second season is rooted in Misery. So, um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> back yep, to sorry. our upcoming. Oh, we love a tangent here. Uh, sorry. Oh, we're yes. Sorry, we're on a tangent. Anyway, 
So a movie I'm very excited about, um, which yes. I'll talk about real quick, is the Bob's Burgers movie. <laughs> oh my god, yes, 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 yes. I yes. just saw like the ad for that. I fucking love that show so much. I'm sorry, I just got so excited. You're okay. I have seen um a few of the seasons. I haven't seen like all of it. I'm not someone who like I think watches I've seen TV. every single one. I just love the inappropriate humor of Bob's Burgers and I uh-huh. love the entire family. Um, yep. The Simpsons movie is actually one of my favorite movies of all time. Really? Where I don't love the Simpsons show. I just, I think the movie is, like, really well done and, like, hilarious. Yeah. So I'm very excited for the Bob's Burgers movie, which I believe comes out sometime next like month. June, isn't it? Or is, is it, it May? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it's May. It's, like, May 20-something, so. I couldn't remember when the release date was. I fucking love that show, though. I'm this weird amalgamation of, like linda tina and louise all at once like i relate to all three of them on so many levels it's just like a show i can turn on and just like not think yes that show's been my background noise so many times i okay i know we're gonna get into our tropes but i have a something i watched recently that i forgot to talk about oh shit the animaniacs reboot is it bad it's so good oh is it really not it's one of my new favorite shows of all time like i'm not gonna lie it is so smart it's so funny there is a marie antoinette episode oh god (laughs) that is so funny it's like made more for adults who enjoyed the original series um it's very meta which is like my favorite show movie trope of all time so anyway i'd like to talk about that because i just got me thinking about right any maniacs but if you want to watch a really fun animated show that has two seasons it's on hulu so it's very funny so it's something to to turn off your brain while you watch for sure Let's go into our favorite tropes. So for this, we're going to be talking about um, three of our favorite tropes. And then we're going to talk about um, a book that we really enjoyed in that trope, as well as a book that we are wanting to read within that trope. So Sam, would you like to go first? Absolutely. I will go first. So guess what my first trope <laughs> is. It, it, it's it's a normal house, right? It's, <laughs> it's a, yeah. a domestic, it's if you absolute, will. <laughs> yes, it's an absolutely normal house. Now, um, I, all of my tropes are for the most part um grounded in in horror is anyone obviously let's pretend no (laughs) haunted houses um one of my absolute favorite tropes especially in horror i don't know there's just you know your home is supposed to be like the place that you're safe you know like a safe space yeah yes it's supposed to be like i i personally am a homebody like i my yeah my place is it's it's my it's my safe space yeah so what happens when your house what is supposed to be your safe space suddenly isn't your safe space anymore you know that's like, one of my favorite movie tropes is home invasion movies um, yeah i mean i can see that oh i yeah. can i don't know that i could say that that'd be one of my favorites because that's just <laughs> like absolutely fucking terrifying right um but um, one of my favorite haunted house books that I have read is um, The Grip of It by Jack Jemp, mm-hmm. which is, first of all, I love the cover like so much. Um, and just the way that that book is written, it has a very like simplistic writing style. 
um, which I can appreciate. And I think that it does really well for that particular book. But it is basically about a couple who is, they're kind of like trying to start over. Um, and so they're moving out of the city. They think that it's going to bring them closer together. They get this house in the country. They get a really good deal on it. And then like weird fucking shit starts happening. And just that's all I can really say about it. Like weird shit starts happening. And, and <laughs> like, I just really, really liked it. I was very unsettled the entire time I was reading it. And it's, I'm not going to say it's like hard to like scare me. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess in, to, in a sense it is, but it's difficult to, I guess, make me feel like truly unsettled. And that was a book that really, really was unsettling to me. Um, because it was so much so grounded in reality that it just, I don't know, it's difficult to explain. Like, I just really fucking loved it. But that's one of my favorites. And then one that I still need to read and that one that I'm actually, like, afraid to read, um, which is weird for me to say, uh, House of Leaves. Oh, well, I mean, that's just a feat in itself. It is. It's the formatting is weird. It's super fucking long, but I mean, it's I there are people who I know that read horror regularly and have said that there has never been a book that has scared them in the same way the House of Leaves has. I believe Books and Lala said that as well when she read it. So, um, yeah, I, I there's a reason why I do not plan on reading it. It's like, it is such a like bucket list book for me. Like I, I will say that I have sat down and tried to read it like three or four times, but the very beginning is very confusing and it's very hard to get through. I do know, like there are parts of the book that you like have to hold up to a mirror because it's backwards. It's like written in a spiral pattern. There are, um, you know, uh, footnotes and you have to like skip to certain appendices and it's it's very you can read that book like six different ways or more and I feel like that's also a book where you don't want to s- stop reading it like you don't want to read it in like short spurts uh, yep. so I feel like that's almost a book that you have to like you have to like take a week of PTO to like just read the book it, yes like you really have to like binge it you know yeah there's yeah. i mean i i can see why you have not read it yet because i would be in the same boat and i am in the same boat but you plan on reading it and i don't so <laughs> yep uh my first favorite trope is revenge i love a revenge story i just love like the tharticness that comes whenever the main character is finally able to get what they want this the whole story which is revenge um mm-hmm. So one I read a few years ago, uh, it's called Vigilante. This is by Katie Cross. Um, and this one is about a teenage girl um, whose best friend is sexually assaulted and dies by suicide. Um, then she goes on a revenge spree against those who hurt her friend. So it's a very Oof. kick-ass, like, feminist, like, um, get back at people who's wronged her best friend's type of story. And I remember really enjoying it. It's something I want to reread, though. Because uh, I could see how maybe it might not be as um, well done as I thought it was originally. Mm-hmm. As far as a revenge book I would want to read, this one is called The Ballad of Dinah Caldwell. Uh, this is by Kate 
Groening. This, uh, the synopsis says, True Grit meets Sadie in his own voice's near-future revenge thriller that tackles capitalism, queerness, and revolution. Uh, 17-year-old Dinah uh, runs her family's farm in the Ozarks when she finds her grief-stricken mother dead in the living room with wealthy rancher Gabriel Gates standing over her. Dinah's life narrows to a single point. Kill Gabriel Gates. Okay. And I also love a uh, futuristic thriller. So um, I'm very excited for that one. Understandable. Understandable. So another trope that I really, really love is, uh, and it's probably because, number one, I do read a lot of horror. And I also really love thriller. I know you like a good thriller, too. Oh, of course. Uh, The Unreliable Narrator is Mm. one that I just love. Not so much for you? That is, you know, if we did a video or episode of our least favorite tropes. Really? That would that would be on there. And I just, you know, I think my hesitation is I've read so many that's done it wrong. Um, right. I guess I will say I do like it when it's done right. Um, I've just, I've read so many where it's like, oh, she's an alcoholic or, oh, she's, you know, she's a I drug addict or what whatever. I saying. Yeah. Like the woman in the window don't i was literally that's the first thing that came to my mm. head and like the girl on the train yeah oh those God. two in yeah. particular those yes i can i can absolutely see it. i think that it has to be done well and i think when it's done well like it's so fucking good so one that i think is done really well is i'm thinking of ending things by ian reed i might be talking about ian reed book next so oh really yes <laughs> i did lo- you read um i'm thinking of ending things I'm Thinking of Anything is one of my favorite books of all time. Um, I remember loving it so much. I've read it, I believe, like three times. I've done the audiobook and the physical. Um, And the audiobook is so well done. I uh, haven't actually listened to the audiobook. I physically read that twice. I read it like driving like somewhere like late at night, like listening to the audiobook. Oh my God. I bet that was an experience. I almost pissed myself. I was like... The the movie I think is pretty dookie, but um I, I haven't watched it because I just I'm afraid <laughs> to because I love the book so much. Yeah. Anyway, I'm thinking of many things. Tell us why why you love that one so much. So I talked about the grip of it and how unsettled I was, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking of ending things also gave me the exact same like unsettled feeling. So you love to be unsettled is is the conclusion we're coming to. Yes, absolutely. There is a difference between being like very unsettled, and it, I think the difference in between the two is most of the time when you're scared, you know what you're scared of, you know what you're actually afraid of, mm-hmm. and in this. I don't know, like, if I'm truly unsettled, I don't know what the fuck I'm afraid of. I I usually cannot identify exactly why I am, like, quite as unsettled as I am. And with I'm thinking of ending things, like, it was, it is the story of a couple, they are going to visit the boyfriend's um, parents, um and as they are driving (laughs) yes things go wrong like as they are driving she starts getting like these phone calls and you know like everything is going great and she's talking about everything how everything is going great and then says you know i'm thinking of ending things and then you know we kind of go on from there definitely an unreliable narrator situation however comma like the way that everything just like comes together and just how everything slowly degrades just was and it's a very short book 
Um, but I thought that it was so well done. It is very polarizing. You either love it or you hate it. And the writing, oh my god, the writing yes. is mm, French Kiss. I, yep, it's so good. I yes, absolutely. The writing is so good. And it's also like one of those books that I always have a struggle of explaining what it's about. Yes, because it's not even the fact that like I don't want to give too much away. I just don't know what the fuck it's about. <laughs> <laughs> It is really difficult to give a synopsis of that book. I think twofold, again, because you don't want to give anything away. I think that it's a book that works best if you go in, like, not knowing anything about it. Um, Mm -hmm. I just feel like that works best. But, yes, if you want to be supremely unsettled, absolutely, I'm thinking of Ending Things by Ian Reid. Um, And then a book that I actually want to read, which is funny because we actually just talked about this author. Um, Yes, we just talked about this author, and that is um, Allegedly by Tiffany D. Jackson. Mm, Girl, I love that book so much. I love all of her (laughs) books, but oh my gosh, Allegedly. Real quick, I I read that. So I got my wisdom teeth taken out when I was in high school, Mm -hmm. and- My closeted ass was scared that I was going to come out to my mom while I was under the laughing gas or whatever. So oh my god. My my fix for this was I was going to stay up all night before the surgery. So that way I would just like I don't you know why just I, sleep. I I just I was I was going to be just sleeping the entire time after. Um turns out I didn't even get put under the gas. I they just numbed my mouth and I was awake the entire time. But um I remember that allegedly was one of the books that I read that night and that, mm-hmm. oh, oh my God, I, Tiffany D. Jack, Tiffany D. Jackson has become one of my favorite authors in general, but that mm-hmm. book specifically is one of my favorite books of all time. Yeah, this, um, so the synopsis of this one, for those of you that are not uh, familiar with it, Mary B. Addison killed a baby, allegedly. She didn't say much in the first interviews with detectives, and the media filled in the only blanks that mattered. A white baby had died while under the care of a church-going black woman and her nine-year-old daughter. The public convicted Mary, and the jury made it official. But did she do it? She wouldn't say. Mary survived six years in baby jail before being dumped in a group home. The house isn't really home. No place where you fear for your life can be considered a home. Home is Ted, who she meets on assignment at a nursing home. There wasn't a point to setting the record straight before, but now she's got Ted and their unborn child to think about. When the state threatens to take her baby, Mary must find the voice to fight her past, and her fate lies in the hand of the one person she distrusts the most, her mother. No one knows the real mama but who really knows the real mary oh very interested i very very interested i think you would enjoy all of her books like monday's not coming is also kind of like a thriller grown is also kind of a thriller um Mm -hmm. i haven't read um her one it's about like a like a rap superstar just because like that's not really my thing (gasps) borrow she just if this you guys, will be what i'm <laughs> this will be what i'm reading next i just got it from the library oh right now <laughs> i am so excited if i had time to reread it i would reread it with you because i oh, that book is so good i love it so much so uh my next favorite trope um which i this could be a genre i i had a hard time differentiating sometimes um but i love a good light sci-fi thriller which we all know i mean i feel like are we the same person <gasps> Wait, are you are you serious? It's not like kind of sort of sci-fi thriller is is my last trope, but it's like a little bit different. But anyways, continue. Okay, so uh, I love a light sci-fi thriller. I mean, we know how much 
both of us love the one by John Mars, um, mm-hmm. which I would talk about that one, but I've talked about it way too much on this podcast already. <laughs> right. Uh, so um, going back to Ian Reed, this one is called Foe. I believe it's his second novel. It um, is, yep. Have you read that one? I have, yes. Yes. And that uh, same thing, mm-hmm. so unsettled. Yes. Uh, so this follows Junior and Henrietta, who live a comfortable, solitary life on their farm. One day, a stranger from the city arrives with alarming news that Junior has been randomly selected to travel far away from the farm, very far away. The most unusual part is that arrangements have already been made so that when he leaves, Henrietta won't have a chance to miss him because she won't be left alone, not even for a moment. Henrietta will have company, familiar company. It is like, what the fuck does that mean? Do you know what you mean? When that was, like, I will say that when that book revealed the thing... Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God. Like, I actually yelled out loud. I stupidly, I saved this book for years. So far back that, like, I think this book was a 2015 release, maybe. And mm-hmm. a book two friend gave me the arc before it was out. And I just read it last year. I <laughs> so... pre-ordered it when it came out because I had read... Um, I'm thinking of ending things and loved Mm -hmm. it so much. I was like, yes. It took me so long to read it. And I'm kind of mad at myself because I believe I gave it maybe a four star. It's not, I don't like it as much as I'm thinking of any things. I agree. I just love it so much. And like the, um, the atmosphere is so, so well done. Mm-hmm. It's also a very short book, and I just really enjoyed it. I'm very excited for his new book coming out later this year. A book that I'm really excited to read that's kind of a light sci-fi thriller. Um, I'm curious to know if you've read slash heard of this. It is called The Echo Wife. This is by Sarah Gailey. This, I've heard of it. I've never read it. The synopsis says, uh, Martine is a genetically cloned replica made from Evelyn Codwell's award-winning research. She's patient and gentle and obedient. She's everything Evelyn swore she'd never be. And she's having an affair with Evelyn's husband. Now, the cheating bastard is dead. And both Codwell women have a have a mess to clean up. Good thing Evelyn Codwell is used to getting her hands dirty. Two girls in the future trying to, trying to kill a bastard is what I know of about it. So Yeah, that's, yeah that sounds accurate <laughs> and i've heard i've heard really good things uh, books and lala i think specifically really enjoys it and our taste kind of um align pretty well with that kind of book so um i'm very excited to read the echo wife so my last um trope that i'm gonna talk about is uh, so you love sci-fi thrillers and like i really love the whole like science gone wrong like trope you know because science is really great when it is like yeah when it works and then you know of course you have like terrible things that end up happening so one of my favorite favorite and i think i have like mentioned this before um on the podcast at some point or another but one of my favorite um actually is a trilogy uh the pines trilogy by blake crouch yeah oh my fucking god i love it so much like i want to reread it but it's I want to reread it for many different reasons, but it's kind of like an end of the world type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it deals with the concept of evolution and mm-hmm. cryogenesis. And yeah, it is. Um, it, yeah. Science gone wrong. It, it definitely. But that is such a like it's trilogy. All three books are fairly short and like it keeps you on the edge of your seat for each separate one like I ended up listening to the audiobooks and when I did I ended up listening to them one after the other after the other like mm-hmm. I could not 
stop listening the to them. I had to know what was happening. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that doesn't happen to me very often, especially with series. I'm awful, awful about finishing series. But like I finish that the whole series in a week. Yeah. I'm awful because... about it too. Even if I really enjoy what I'm reading, I'm usually I just can't. Exactly. <laughs> but that like I absolutely I had I had to finish it. I had to know what was happening. Um, so that's definitely one of my favorite like science gone wrong um, books. And then a book that I'm really interested in reading, um, Parasite by Mira Grant. I've heard of the author. I think I've heard of the book, maybe. So the author, this is actually a pen name for Seanan McGuire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So um, she published Into the Drowning Deep under Mira Grant and I yes. loved Into the Drowning Deep so much like that's another one that just like fucked me all the way up if you're afraid mm. of deep ocean like this will fuck you up but um this one is I don't know if this is considered it's like science fiction science gone wrong dystopia also with like a medical whatever I don't know that it would be considered adult or YA Um, but the synopsis is a decade in the future, humanity thrives in the absence of sickness and disease. We owe our good health to a humble parasite, a genetically engineered tapeworm developed by the pioneering Symbogen Corporation. When implanted, the tapeworm protects us from illness, boosts our immune system, even secrets designer drugs, secretes designer drugs, sorry. It's been successful beyond the scientist's wild dreams. Now years on, almost every human being has a Symbogen tapeworm living within them. But the parasites are getting restless. They want their own lives and they'll do anything to get them. Mm. Science gone wrong. Sounds juicy. I know, I'm like, I like certain sci-fi. I'm, I'm really picky about my sci-fi, I will say that. But this is like very much grounded in like biotech you know Mm -hmm. like that is what scares me biotech scares the shit out of me you know like shit that computers can do like okay fine whatever like Mm -hmm. you know i'm i don't really necessarily believe that we're gonna end up with robot overlords at any point right um (laughs) maybe if bezos gets his way i don't fucking know he'll turn himself into a robot and be (laughs) the the fucking robot overlord yeah i mean it is but like i can deal with that a little bit better than i can deal with like biotech biotech scares the shit out of me like bio biological warfare is terrifying um so i feel like like this i'm just i'm really interested in this for sure so uh i have another futuristic ish um kind of trope which i mean i think is just obvious i love dystopian i love um post-apocalyptic pandemic books um yes. so my last favorite trope is a uh the uh pandemic trope which i mean could also be a genre so i've talked about the end of men um a few months ago which is yes about this um, kind of like near futuristic society where there's this pandemic that is only affecting men. And so it's about like, what would the world be without any men? Um, I always say it sounds great. So um, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, and I really did enjoy that one. Um, and then one I want to read is a pretty popular one. Uh, this is Station Eleven by Emily Saint, Saint John Mandel. It's so good. <laughs> I I think I bought this a few months ago. Um, yep. I think I'm just I'm really excited for the Hulu show, and so I'm forcing myself to read it beforehand. Um, 
but this one i think maybe you would be better at explaining it if you remember what it's about <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's definitely a pandemic book but it's told in a couple of different timelines mm -hmm. um so you're getting a before a leading up to the events that happened that causes the now timeline that you're in um but if i remember has to do with like a it, circus yes it's kind of like this traveling like theater group um that like goes around to different areas like society has essentially collapsed mm -hmm. um you know as we know it and they're going you know this like theater troupe um is kind of like going to different like safe zones but of course the roads are rife with danger, you know, because as society collapses, you know, people are kind of the fucking worst. Um, but it's, I think it's like the traveling symphony or something like that is what it is. Um, there's the traveling symphony and then there's also like a very culty sort of um like settlement that they end up in at mm -hmm. one point. Um, and so, yes, it does deal with you know, like a dystopia, yes, it does deal with a pandemic, but more than anything, it deals with the people and like the fallout of those things and like how that affected people. Um, and it was just so well done. So, so well done. I loved that book so much. Yeah, I'm very excited for it. And I saw the trailer for the show. Um, and it is it just looks really good. So um, I would like to read it kind of soon. But it's more of like a not literary fiction from what I understand, but it's more like lyrically told. So I'm kind of hesitant to pick it up anytime soon just because I, I don't need brain power for that. But um, it's been something I've been interested in for uh, quite a while now. It's one of those books that's like super thought provoking in a lot of ways. Like this is one of those um, books that every couple of pages you end up with like a quote that you really love so like it, this is i'm like you know scrolling the goodreads page right now and you know somebody like posted a bunch of their favorite quotes from the book so just to give you an idea of what you're in for um if you are the light if your enemies are the darkness and there's nothing that you cannot justify there's nothing you can't survive because there's nothing that you will not do hell is the absence of people you long for like those types of mm -hmm. just mm, I just, it's so good. It's so good. Oh, I know. I'm really excited to read it. Hopefully this year or sometime. We'll have to see though. So that is a wrap for our favorite tropes. Um, you can find me online. At Dylan is reading on Instagram. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, even though I am an infrequent poster right now, but I still lurk. Um, you can find me. My username is Leanne's Lit on both of those platforms. And all the links will be in the show notes, too. Uh, remember to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. And uh, please give us a five-star review as well while you're there. It does help us a lot for visibility for our podcast. All books discussed can be found in the show notes on our website at sorrywerebookedpod.podbean.com. Uh, and each one will be linked to a bookshop.org affiliate link. So you can support the podcast and indie bookstores at the same time. So next episode will be a surprise topic surprise you'll have to listen have to find out what it is <laughs> don't call us out like that god <laughs> we're we're still figuring out exactly what the next uh topic is going to be so uh tune in next time to figure out what uh wonderful what amazing topic yeah what the fuck are we talking about today no one knows it's fine 
we you just know that you have fun while you're here that's all you know so come (laughs) back to to have another good time we will talk to you guys next time thank you guys so much for listening and uh we will see you later bye bye bye